Welcome everybody. This is series three, week three of Global Women's Voice Online Forum. And today's theme, I think is very interesting as in taking how to take advantage of our stages of life as global business women. And as you can see, we have a very evolved man here in Johan Kaur from Queensland. So we're not just talking about women, but um, I really welcome men to be part of this forum. So I really want to um, just acknowledge, first of all, the people that are on our core speaking team, which I'm going to go through. But why don't I first do a little video, which really just will help to get our heads in the space before we start. somebody better today. I told us that it is possible for women to take up their space. I've been inquiring. I connected to their heart as to what's important. And when I start to help them, we'll put back together. You know, what's going on? 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 The opportunities are there. They're not just local, they're global especially to be able to hear from all these beautiful ladies from all over the world. Going beyond the cerebral brain, it's about going beyond the gut brain, it's about connecting to the heart brain. Really just to create that, that, that confidence with each other and, and what's around you. You know, confidence is not thinking that you're above anyone else. That decade by decade by decade to their main flex points. What are the points in their life where they know that they had to or did make a big change for some reason? This word purpose, which comes up a lot, that purpose, it's just happening right now in each moment. I love that. What's bigger than me? The moment we, we channel ourselves into a box, which I have done, that's when we can't grow into the purpose that Dai is so actively encouraging us all. And I sort of want to cry because this is what it's about. And do what you love. That's a little video that just describes a little bit about where Global Women's Blessings come from. And it's, as you can see, it started in 2018 in Africa. It actually it started with International Women's Day and it sort of has morphed into this forum. So I want you to welcome everybody here today and everything that that video describes, every, every week, every fortnight I look at it and I go, do I need to change that? And yet there's so many pertinent little gems in there that I think gives a good background as to really what the Global Women's Voice is about. So before we go into this week's this is the next date, if you want to put this into your calendars. Again, we change the times. We change the times so that, you know, because it's global, people like Hema and people like Hamster, so Hema's in London, Hamster's in Bahrain, we change the times around from the morning to the afternoon. And this is the time and the date for the next Global Women's Voice. And the topic is leadership and language in our global village. And there's Rosemary that's just popped in from Kenya, uh, from Mombasa. Um, Rosemary is going to be one of the core speakers for this particular 
forum, but she's also one of our core speakers for this whole group. So I'm really excited to hear Rosemary's points. And she's a specialist in leadership and she'll be talking specifically with Hema, who's a specialist more from leadership from the heart. And so I'll be really interested to hear the differences and the, the distinctions that both these two experts bring to the stage really in a fortnight on the 8th of October. So welcome, Rosemary. I know you're up really early to, to be joining us. Please remember to invite your friends, whether they're old, young, diff from different nationalities, different countries, um, if they feel, if you feel that they are confused in some way. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a forum where people hopefully feel that they are being nurtured for an, a bit over an hour. That's my primary goal and that they can take away some strategies to be able to use in their life right now. So can I introduce, first of all, Hilda? Hilda has been with me right from the very beginning. And Hilda was on the first International Women's Day, I think, in 2017. So it's been a journey, hasn't it, Hilda? It's just been a journey for these last three years. And Absolutely. We have, um, I think we've done, we can pat ourselves on the back. We've done very well to be able to support ourselves and really be a foundation for something like this. So I really want to thank you for being on this core speakers group because, you know, we all have a lot of stuff going on in life and we're all busy. So welcome, Hilda, today. The next lady that I want to say a big thank you to, Rosemary, is from, as I just said, is from Mombasa, Kenya. She joined the core speakers group this series, but yet, as you saw, Rosemary was the one that spoke on my intro video. And so she drove about two hours one morning to have breakfast with me when I was in Mombasa, just to meet and to say hello and to see what I was about. She'd heard me speak the night before or the couple of days before at a forum. And I just, you know, when I see people make that effort and go that extra mile, it's like, I want that person in my life. And that's why Rosemary is really, I asked her to be on this, this forum. Hema is sleeping right now. She lives in London and you're going to see more of her. And I cherish her friendship and her expertise to, um, yeah, I, 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 just, I, I just love where she comes from. So you'll hear more from her on October 8. Regina is my backstop. Regina's here again today. And we would speak probably once a week, once a fortnight. Regina has done many of my programs and, 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 is just, is, is my, as I said, is my backstop. And I, I know that we trust each other and that I know that if something goes wrong on this particular forum, she has the skills to be able to back me up. So again, thank you, Regina, for being here. And we were actually talking before this on another project that we're doing. So, you know, here she is, different hat, which us girls do a lot, different hats, different times. Kelly, I spoke to yesterday. She is having some time out in the south of Western Australia. She's a psychologist, hypnotherapist, and she's very excited because, as you might have heard last fortnight, she's about to launch her book. And so her launch is at the beginning of November. And if any of you have written a book and launched it, put it on Amazon, getting the hard copy, just those tasks are a mammoth thing to be able to pull together and actually make something happening. So um, Kelly may pop in today. Look, I, I don't know. 
And then here I am as the, the driver of this and the vision of being able to hopefully hold a space where, as I said, people feel nurtured and that we can bring different aspects to people, people learning to live online and create that balance and creating a nurturing space for us. So our very special guest speaker today, and I'm really excited to have Kim here because I've seen Kim on the, um, you know, in lots of different ways. And I'm interested to get to know her because she's going to introduce herself. But I think that Kim, I am really excited to have you here today because I don't know a lot about you, but I have seen you in different roles and I sh I'm sure we're going to be hearing about those roles today. And I really want to thank you for making the time. I know you're busy and you have another whole aspect in your life that you will tell us about that is really relevant to this topic today. So really want to thank you a lot for making this this time because it's, it's late there. Yeah. So this week, there's the three of, three of us mainly adding to this conversation. But as I said, as we get to the half hour mark, somewhere around there, we then open it up to what are your comments? What are your questions? What are your suggestions? How, you know, what did we hear from each other? So can we start? I don't know. Who, I don't know who we would want to start with. One of you will put your hand up, um, Kim or Hilda. And do you have any specific start-off points when you think about or when how you've been thinking about this topic of taking advantage of the stages of life as global business women? Who would like to start? Hilda, there you I'll go. go. I'll go ahead. I have been super excited, looking forward to tonight. Because, um, I mean, I, it'll be, I'm, I'm anticipating and looking forward to see how the conversation evolves. But for me personally, this is so relevant because when I think of, okay, taking advantage of the stage, stages of my life as a global businesswoman, that has been inadvertently what I have been doing and not realizing it until I saw the title. When I saw the title, I was like, oh my gosh, because it is like, I know that we all have passions that we pursue, right? And we may have formal training also in our businesses around what we pursue, but I also know that everybody that's taken the time to be in this call is somebody that has a big heart to help other people. And what better than to be able to develop our businesses and help other people by also sort of aligning it with the stage that we're going through. And I'll just leave it at that as an, as an introduction of what's been going on through my mind. And then of course I can talk specifics, but you ask who wants to go first and that is being why I have been so excited about tonight. I love that intro because the thing that I picked up on, which was one of my points, and I will want to elaborate on it later, is the awareness of that we are in stages of our life. And how can we take advantage of that? And then, as you say, share that. Yes. And even though sometimes, you know, somebody might be only 40, and yet they may be 
looking after elderly parents at 40. We could still be doing that when we're 70 and they're 90. And yet it's still the same stage, but it's very, very different. Yeah. Kim, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, um, first of all, introduce you, but, well, I sort of have introduced you, but can you introduce yourself and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, about what you do, and then can you give an intro into this subject? I will do that. Thank you, Di. <laughs> when I was a kid, I just wanted to play. And my form of play is now seen as exercise, but we would run around, we would ride bikes, we would ride unicycles, roller skate, ski. And then while roller skating, I learned how to be a DJ. And I went to be to school to get a bachelor's degree and found out that I really loved video editing. I went into the TV business out here in Los Angeles and worked in that business for 15 years. About 12 years into it, I had a ski fall. I skied, I jumped, I fell, and I had surgery that night. Going through rehab, learning how to walk, learning how to jog, I ended up jogging around Lake Hollywood with my boyfriend at the time. And I told him I wanted to do a 5K. And he said, I've always wanted to do a triathlon. So what's that? And he told me, and I did one the next weekend. <laughs> and I actually fell in love with a sport. You swim and then you ride a bike and then you run all in one get go. But I started with the small one that was, it was a 5k run, 10 mile bike, and then a 400 meter swim. And I hadn't, swum since I was a kid, thinking 400 yards, fine, I can do that. Not knowing the difference between meters and yards, but I did the run, I did the bike, I did the swim, and I was in love. Going along, I helped a friend that I was working with do, an, do one, and another one. And she said, you should be a coach, or you, you should be a personal trainer. So I got certified as a personal trainer. And about that time, the supervisor I worked for said he would only give me a raise if I would do him a favor. <clears throat> and being certified in personal training, about three months later, I quit and started working at a gym. Totally changed my life, changed the direction. And I started learning more and more about health I became a USA triathlon coach. Back in 2000, I completed my 100th triathlon. I'm up to 147 triathlons, including an Ironman now that I completed. And I'm a triathlon coach, personal trainer. Now I'm a holistic healthcare practitioner. And I have a couple certifications as a life coach because a lot of people aren't seeing results because their head is not in the game. They want to do stuff, but, and in order to get people to their goals, I found that working with the mind, the life coaching and the subconscious and unconscious mind were key to that. For the last 15 years, I've also been 
caregiving for my parents. My dad is now 98 and a half. My mother's 91 and a half. She's showing signs of dementia. He's in a wheelchair, blind, but very grateful to be here. Yet, I am in the stage of life where I'm building a business while I'm caring for them. It has given me time to learn a lot from home. I'm still able to get out of the house and swim in the ocean, which is one of my favorite things. And currently I've been racing virtually, doing the things outdoors, uh, using the handy dandy Garmin watch that counts my steps and my mileage and getting medals and certificates for participating in sport that way. So I can help other people by my example, you can still stay fit and healthy, even if you can't go and do a triathlon at this current time. That's a lot of running and a lot of <laughs> swimming and a lot of bike riding. Oh, yes. And I'm sure that your parents are now are ben really benefiting from all of that expertise that you've learned when you did that big change. Absolutely. Actually, my dad had a telehealth appointment today and I was able to tell the doctor why I didn't think my dad needed a, another round of antibiotics because he'd been, they'd been giving him to him because he has a catheter and it's too much for his system. And I listed off the reasons why my dad doesn't need that and thought that my dad should be on a vitamin D. And he goes, wow, that's weird because I didn't tell you to do that, but he's low in D. And he said, okay, fill the antibiotic, but just keep it on the side in case you need it. So his doctor of formal education, who's in charge of a hospital, is now listening to me and allowing me to be my dad's advocate. And do you think that, um, I mean, I know for myself, when I go into my parents' medical appointments, and I don't live with them, they're both independent. But when I go in as their advocate, um, the more lines I get on my face, the more credibility I get. Mm. And not I found, necessarily. Yeah, I do, for me, I have felt that. I've not heard it. Mm. I've just felt it that when, when I first started going 20 years ago, it was like, uh, you know, she's just the daughter. But I'm 62 and my, my dad's 90 and it's like, maybe this lady also knows not only her parents, but also knows a little bit. And I think that I've been able to step into this stage of my life, um, being their advocate in this case. And I think the, the key there is me stepping into my stage of life. Yeah. Another thing that helped me is due to my schooling, I was able to research things and if I thought my dad needed something, 
I would print up abstracts from PubMed or Medline. You know, I'd print the abstracts on how this has helped other people. For instance, saw Palmetto for the prostate. And I would bring him four or five articles to read. <laughs> so he knew that I was going from education and not just hearsay on the internet. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your comments, Hilda, because you're a doctor. You must... You know, you're both, it's, you know, you're a doctor and you, you see these advocates come in, maybe, or you have seen them come in when you are doing hospital work or, you know, different work to what you're doing now. What, what are your thoughts on, like, both sides of this? Uh, you know, pe seeing people come in and also being able to use your stage of life, especially now with that whole awareness of, well, this is your stage of life. Right. Well, for me, I'm going to have a, a very different opinion, maybe that a more conventional doctor, because as you know, but maybe not everybody does know, I am conventionally trained. However, I have been off the grid for 15 to 20 years now, and that's conservatively, um, because in reality, I stepped out of, of a lot of what's considered conventional back in 1997. So um, for me, I instill in people for them to be their advocates. That's assuming that they have the capacity to do so. So a lot of the time I only do exclusively consulting for people. I spend my time telling them what they need to tell other doctors. Like you need to go and say, it, it actually that literally happened yesterday. I gave somebody an exact script word by word of what he was to say to his specialist, so-called specialist that was not listening to him, was not listening to the side effects that he's having from a specific medication that he's taking, and was not listening to his request and told him, well, you might as well just accept it because we're just getting old and just write it all to old age. So, so with your question, what's my point of view? My point of view is that each individual I believe on on the power of empowerment, okay, and and self responsibility. And I believe that it is each individual's uh, duty to learn to have self responsibility for their own body, because people know more about their cars and their manuals and their homes that they need, they know about their own body. And one of my favorite things to tell people is, listen, your body is your, the most important home you're ever going to live. And it's the most important vehicle you're ever going to drive. So assuming that the person has a capacity, uh, that it's never too late for people to truly learn how their body works because people just really don't know how their body works. When it comes to, um, how do I feel about all these prescription medications? Well, I, I, I unfortunately, is, is like what Kim was saying, right? Like they wanted to give her that more antibiotics and maybe she found other solutions or their alternatives. And, and it is sad that that's where our system has been, right? It give you a prescription and then you have side effects from something like this gentleman yesterday. Maybe you could take another prescription to fix the side effects. So but in reality, there is not enough. This has to become um, 
a desire like people need to be able to increase their index of teachability for these to become a desire for them to learn so I, I don't know really deep I'm answering your question or not because there's never going to be a better advocate than yourself and then when you have a family member how do I feel about people asking me questions I also think that was part of your question to me how do I feel about that I feel great I mean I welcome it within reason I mean if I I'm very open with people if I feel like they're being unreasonable I would just tell them I said I mean this is unreasonable if it's an area that I know I will very gladly you know know it and if I don't know it I don't know it but like yesterday again what was presented to me is definitely not my area of expertise. And then it was up to me to sit on the computer to do research with this person as part of the consultation. For me, I pulled out the references, I emailed them to him. I said, these are the references you're going to give to your doctor. This is word by word what you're going to tell your doctor. Um, so yeah, people do need that type of help because they may not see what it, it hinges on asking questions and then knowing what are the questions you need to ask a lot of people just take what their doctor tells them like there's some sort of god and they just are going to take it but in reality you need to be able to ask questions of why is this you know so how do i feel about people asking me questions i really embrace it uh, when it comes to alternatives and supplementation, often it's me the one educating people for that as well, because I tend to um, look at the body's biochemistry and how we were created to begin with and how our body works. Okay, so when it comes to vitamins and minerals, I think it's crazy for doctors to tell people don't take vitamins because the name vitamin comes from the word vital amine. It's a vital, it's vital, and it's an amine, meaning it's something that gets used by the body to have critical reactions happen. Um, the sad part is that that's an industry that's not regulated, right? And I don't want to go in a bunny trail, but people also do need to know how to make their choices and how to combine things. So I think that, you know, when it comes back to stages, um, as we are going through our stages, if we want to stay on this health conversation, um, even though I am a medical doctor and even though I am somebody that people seek for help, the same thing to Kim, right? People are seeking her for consulting services. I have learned, and this is what I was alluding to in the introduction, that as the decades go, so on my 30s, I was best helping people that were on my 30s, even though I was helping all the way to menopause. But for me, it's always been perimenopausal and menopausal females. That's kind of like the, the greatest uh, percent of my work. However, as I get older and as I go through my stages, I am able to be of more value to my clients because now there is so many things that I've gotten to experience myself, right? So, so again, um, kind of, of, of having a, uh, a hodgepodge conversation, like mixing all these concepts here, 
but um, hopefully I answer your question. Well, I think that's what it's about. It, it is about mixing the concepts. And we have gone down the, the, as you say, the bunny trail of health because we have two practitioners speaking on stages of life. And, and I, I really appreciate what you were saying and I was not surprised as to you know, why you were saying what you just said, because I know you and you do certainly take advantage of the, the, the learning that you have done personally, but also professionally. But I'd like to bring in Johan in here because he's absolutely a person that I have seen that had no choice but to go to a different stage of life and then still going down the health bunny trail. Because he obviously, and I'd like to hear your comments, Johan, and I know that you're not a, a speaker as such, but because you're here, what was it like for you to have to go through what you would go through and then take what both Kim and Hilda are saying is that you had to take responsibility. Yes, your wife was an advocate and she probably still is to a point to be an outsider, but you obviously had to get to a point of taking full responsibility for your health and your situation. I'd be interested to hear your comments on that and how that has changed where you are, where you are at now. Okay, Di, thanks for you know, allowing me to comment in here. Mm. And first of all, fantastic conversation. I enjoyed the aspects that have been shared already. And for me, I think health is paramount. I never used to think so, probably because I was a young guy and rah, 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 until, you know, six years ago, I ended up in hospital with a deadly disease that just about killed me. And in that process, I had my hands and feet amputated six years ago. And so I had to change my entire mind but when I came out of the hospital what was it six months later um, and my wife having to take care of all my needs because I couldn't move about I was still stuck in this um, empty space in my head thinking poor me I've got nothing to live for and I just let go of myself to be honest I just didn't want to be around mm. and that's you know the depths of despair that one gets into even though they might have a smile on their face because mm. I wondered why on earth has this happened to me how can I support my family you know I've been the brilliant I earned for my family I do everything for them and now that's all been taken away from me involuntarily and how does that now, when you, because I know that you're doing work and helping people to gain resilience, self-resilience, self-responsibility, self-direction. This is obviously a new stage for you that you would not have been able to go into if you hadn't have had that experience. What are some of the keys, can you see? And I know, I know I'm asking you this off the top of your head and Hilda and Kim and I have had some really time to put some points together. But if you don't have anything off the top of your head, maybe, you know, think about it. But if you do, I'd love to hear them. 
I realized I had to take responsibility for myself and for my own thoughts and actions. And regardless of the support that I had around me, it was up to me to get on, on with life or just curl up in a ball and die. Those are my only two choices, either live or die. And I decided, well, I just, I'm here. My family still loves me after all the, the trauma that I've put them through. My wife is still supportive. My kids, you know, they're gifts from heaven to me. So what am I doing? And so I had to make the changes. Mm. And now you're able to pass those changes on. Mm. And I think that that's one thing as we get older and we are aware that everything is a stage. Every day is a stage, but every decade is a stage. Every major change is a stage. And how can we take advantage of that? What did we learn? How are we taking it forward? Kim or um, Hilda, did you have any specific points for today? And, and opening this up and taking it maybe away from the health field, generally on how to take advantage of our stages, especially as global business people. I had a thought that came up mm. when Johan was talking. Mm. One of my dear friends and clients had a bicycle fall and became paraplegic. And had she not become paraplegic and learned how to race on a hand cycle, she never would have been helping other people with challenges move forward in their life and get into sport. I helped her get back into the pool, then back into the ocean. And she's able to bless other people's lives because of her experience and move into her stage of life, which she's near at retirement age now. And she is out doing marathons literally on every continent and did one at the North Pole in the Guinness Book of World Records. And it's not looking at what you can't do. We look for what can you do. So any of my clients with any challenges, what can you do? Can you swim in a pool with a, a buoy around your waist to help keep you up or leggings or wetsuit on the bottom to keep you warm? There's things that you can do in every stage. And I think that's one of the points that I had written down when I thought about this subject over the last couple of days is, you know, are we, or how, how did I phrase it? Um, are we able to go from autopilot to auto learn? Because what I have observed with my parents and my husband's parents and often in myself is I just go on autopilot. I just assume. And I don't look for the surprises. I don't look for the can-dos sometimes. And so how can I have my mind always looking for auto-learning rather than being on autopilot? And the other thing there is, you know, sometimes I, I hear my mum in my voice, in, in my head going, well, you know, nothing can surprise me anymore. Something that she used to say a lot. She would never say that sort of stuff around me anymore because I just don't, there's no reply back from me. 
But now I tend to go, well, you know, how can I make my surprises? And that's often through my learning, whether it's my self-learning or whether it's taking on another learning aspect of something, another skill, or enhancing an attribute. So they were two of my points is, how can I go from autopilot to auto learn? And then am I continuously aware of how can I go from no surprises to making surprises? And while I'm going on here, I also made a point of, um, am I aware of that we are in stages as Hilda started off with this? You know, I think that that for me, probably my mid forties, I think, I realized that I had gone through many stages and that there is more to life. Mm -hmm. And what is there more for life for me? And that just put a fire in me. And then the other aspect, I suppose, is who do I surround myself with? Like this afternoon after this, I'm getting in a car, driving five hours. I'm going to pick up my niece's daughter. My niece passed away last year. And so I have her daughter, Lily, come and stay with her, so stay with us. So I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to her open day tomorrow. I'm going to be her show and tell tomorrow at her school. And so I have set myself up to have kids in my life and I have a grandson now and how can I get involved with my grandson's life? But yet, who are, who's 90 that I can talk to? So do I have that variation? Am I surrounding myself with people that will give me that variation for my mind to just open it up a little bit more? Can we have some comments on that? Or do you have your own insights into, you know, how you're taking advantage of life? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just want to say something that, that, I mean, we've heard some extraordinary stories in here. Johan, first of all, oh my goodness, my heart goes to you. God bless you. And, and I know for a fact, you have to be helping so many people. I mean, what's their excuse? I mean, they have no excuse. That's the bottom line. What's our excuse? And then Kim talked about this friend that has achieved records um, by something so dramatic that happened in her life, right? And, and, and you and I, Dee, we talk frequently. So I know we've gone through lots of different changes, but I also think that it's not only the extraordinary things as we're going through the stages, it can also be the minute the things that we think are minute and they're small, I don't believe, I, I, how can I say this? It is important not to underestimate them, okay? Because, um, and this I have to give credit to our mentor, Joel, that, you know, that he always says about who do you, who, who do you get help from? You get help from the person that has already done what you are attempting to do. And I, the same way that I do that, people are going to get help from us because they are attempting to do what we have already achieved, whether it's raising our kids, you know, how to raise a teenager. And then when it comes to being a, a businesswoman, which is a, a part of this title in here, global businesswoman, why is global? Now with the internet, I mean, this 
these times, everybody understands Zoom. So we have access to women all over the world and they need help and we need help. They need help, we need help. We're like walking encyclopedias on our own expertise. And so how can we not, not say, oh, well, for example, I mean, a lot of people, when their kids leave home and they get older and they become more independent, it's almost like there's no more purpose in their life because their life was all about raising the kids, for example. And so, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Yes, that would have been a phase of life, but now it's like, what do we have in our lives that we are able to pass it forward, contribute, and make a living with? I mean, let's just, let's just talk about that. If you're a businesswoman, you need to be in the business of making your business profitable. If you're a businessman, you need to be in the business of making your business profitable. So there's nothing wrong with having an exchange of value. And most people that don't pay for their services don't take them seriously anyway. So I know that I'm kind of going in a, in a whole other side, but it's the bottom line of the point is what spend time, like you're saying, Dean, D, and one finger is going there and three are coming my way. Let's spend time getting out of that autopilot and getting creative about what are all these other ways that we can help people that our businesses can grow. If you haven't started a business and you're here because this intrigues you, what are the talents that you have? What are the things that you've learned through your decades? I love dividing my life in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. You know, the 60s, am I there yet? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I love dividing. Uh, and, and what has been like the lesson for that decade? So anyway, that was that. Yes, Kim, you're busting. Please, I want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about surrounding yourself with people, I know a lot of people who will surround themselves with only one type of person. And I'm a member of various groups. Aside from Joel Bauer, our mentors groups, I'm also in the Elks organization. So I know a lot of more chronologically challenged people <laughs> from there. So I can get their point of view where I met a guy who was at Pearl Harbor when it was bombed back in 42 and a guy who went through Normandy and he was there and other people from that. And I have my swim people and I have my bike people and I have my run people and they're all different. Then I have my triathlon people. Everybody thinks the other groups are crazy, but mm -hmm. everybody has a good type of crazy. And I'm able to see the different points of view from the different age groups in all the different groups that I'm in so that I'm not stuck only seeing something as a 57-year-old woman working on her business. I'm seeing a 33-year-old young woman can't figure out what she wants to do going for her master's degree but because she doesn't know what else. Well, how can I help her and other people like her? And then I also have her audience who can also listen to me. If they respect you, 
they bring you into their audience, then you're able to help more people and bring your business to others. I love what you're saying. And I think the underlying thing, what I hear you saying is how can we give value? Mm-hmm. And for me, I often go, did I really give enough value in that session? And then I doubt myself. And then I go, oh, I'm not going to do this. And then it's like, well, what else would I do? I want to give more value. So, you know, I think we forget sometimes that we all have this seesaw in us, as in self-doubt and excitement and fulfillment and a little bit more self-doubt. And then that gets you know, washed away and then we, we have an epiphany. And I think that that is in itself, like Hilda said, all to be able to recognize that's their stages, their little stages. And how can we recognize those changes and take advantage of them and then share them to add more value? And the other part point that I was making is that when you're seeing people in a farther down the road than you are in another stage of life, then you can draw from their experience to bless somebody getting closer to that. And when you see the point of view from somebody much younger than you, you can draw on that on how to bless people in their situation. And then the value for both parties is overwhelming. And I love that point. And that's, I love speaking to Regina and I love seeing her daughter, Sedona. It reminds me of what it's like to have a young child every day, 24 hours a day. I forget, I don't have them in my life anymore. And I love speaking to Hilda and seeing her daughter who is, just flourishing as a young woman. And I forget, I don't have a 21 year old anymore. I love that point, Kim, because I think we forget to take advantage of the people around us and then set ourselves up to have those people around us. Well, the more different people you have around you, the more your mind can expand when you're only with one group that's who you that's where you are that's where you're focused but when you can expand the people you're around then you can expand your mind see different points of view see different ways that they live and deal with and cope with and enjoy life And some of the things you can do, and maybe if you're in a stage of life where you can no longer do that, like I can't stretch as much as the little yoginis that I know, yet I can work on it. And you just take bits and pieces of information and you put it in your your mental file. And then suddenly something comes up and oh, I know how to deal with that, or I understand that. And the more you understand, the more compassion you have. 
I love the way, and I, I, I sort of know how this happened, but I love the way that a lot of these forums that we do, and I'm going off track a little here, but I'm going to come back, that people wait, that there's this listening element here and the ability to um, absorb what the last person just said. And I think that's a really missing key that has this forum has taught me. And it's something that Sam, and Sam's here this morning, she's from London, and it's something that Sam really put my awareness on right at the very beginning in series one. And I think that it's, no, we see, we've seen it here, or we've seen it here many, many times. There's been silence. And you don't hear silence very much when you, people are having a conversation and exchanging ideas. There's no right or wrong. There's no hierarchy. It's just people, and I want to take the word just out, it's people listening and sharing. And for me, that has been uh, an extraordinary skill that I have been honing for the last year. Only year, isn't that crazy? Listening and allowing the space. Super cool. And then I wanted to bring it, wanted to drop that in there and then go back to something that Hilda said. <laughs> There's so many bits and pieces here, but I really wanted to pick up on the point that Hilda was talking about as is can we and are we being able to give value and with fair exchange as business people? And I know from the work that I do that that's one very thing that people struggle with. And, and, and you know, it's because of their money, their money attitudes or, you know, the, the beliefs they have around money, their self-worth, they're not able to ask for, they're not able to put a price on their programs if, they, if that's what they're doing or their teachings. And I think that that in itself is a stage. So we have all these different stages, not only our decades, but we have all these different parts to us that I'm discovering that if I put some focus on that particular stage or that particular aspect and then get help from and support from people that have already done it, then I'm starting to feel more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And in the area of being able to ask for money or put value on my programs, I think I've grown in leaps and bounds the last 10 years. I can easily promote my husband or the work that we do in our theming event. I can support, I can support and promote Hilda. You know, but it's much harder for us to promote ourselves. And I think that in, our, in that in itself is... Uh, um, it's a huge learning curve that we need support with. Who has a comment around that or who has a, um, you know, a thought about that, Hilda or Kim, before we open this wide up, because I'm sure lots of people are taking little bits and I'd love to hear their points of view. Well, I remember... As a child, you did not want to be boastful. You don't toot your own horn. You don't talk about yourself or puff yourself up because that's haughty. That's not. I grew up in a Christian household. You were supposed to be meek. The meek inherit the earth. 
So you didn't want to be boastful. And it's undoing the childhood learning in order to promote my own business that has, I think, been the challenge. But it's not being wanting to help people is not something that's haughty or uh, boastful. And we need to look at it from that point of view of we are all growing our businesses in order to bless people. And if we can't tell them how we're going to bless them, how are they going to get to know what we do and that they need it? Hilda, I know that you struggle and I struggle. I still struggle. And, and you're a doctor, Hilda. And yet, you know, we still all bring these childhood thoughts, whatever they are, wherever they've come from. What's, what are you, what's your thought on this little part of our conversation today? Well, I'll tell you how I got semi-cured. And I won't say the word semi-cured because I don't think that anybody... I mean, here's the thing. The more heart you have for what you do, I think, because the heart is so big and you just like want to give it to people, the harder it is for us to like sit on our own value and the fact that, you know, sit back. I remember literally just leaning forward when I wanted to help people and I would just give things away and whatever my reception is, but just like want to like give me a look or whatever. Now I learned to taking advantage of stages. Okay. So as you get older, I mean, you realize you only have so much energy too, and you have to do a little bit of energy conservation. So I have really learned after going through a stage in my life that I got, I couldn't get out of bed and we don't need to get in my story now, but I had to overcome a lot to be able to continue to take care of people because my health was in the line. And so then I had to learn to sit back and, and, and understand that taking care of others almost nearly cost me my health and my entire profession in my late 30s. That's a very young age for you to get severely um, non-functional, okay? But after that, the other thing that cured me, talking about getting people to help us and mentor us, right? The mentors that I hired to semi-cure me of these, I invested $200,000. So after you invest $200,000 on something, you bet your life you start valuing your, yourself. So it's almost like we must invest <laughs> in order to understand. I mean, you don't have to invest $200,000. I just kind of, whatever. That's my story and it's tr a true story. But um, it led me to meet some amazing people that are still part of my life. In fact, had I not made that move, I would have never met Dee, which means I would have never met Kim and I would have never met any of you and I wouldn't be here. So it all, everything happens for a reason over time. 
it's still an issue today, same thing. I mean, I gave somebody an hour of my time and I'm looking at my assistant and, and, and I'm like, sometimes I text her and I go, oh my gosh, like, are we going to do like what we're supposed to? And she's like, yeah, we're going to do what we're supposed to. And then I put, I feel so bad. I feel, no, she kept you on the phone for an hour, <laughs> you know? So having good people in our lives that keep us focused, that uh that whether it's a accountability partner like the beautiful relationship i have with d to keep having these conversations of of valuing our value valuing our value and the fact that there is a fair exchange and that's that you know lately how i think about it lately i'm going to give you my lately solution so my lately solution is because I've been having to go to the market a lot. I never used to go to the supermarket and now I am the one doing the shopping. So I go to the market and every time I go through that line, they never let me leave without paying. And I spent a truckload of money every single time. I went last night just to pick two things. It was $230 before I turned my face to the other side. So I'm like, okay, Every time I go to the market, I have to pay for the food that my family is going to eat. Therefore, people have to pay for my services. That's my, my, my most recent one every time I feel like giving it away. Plus, every time you give it away, people don't appreciate it. So it's a disservice. It's a disservice both ways. And the last thing I want to say, I mean, last thing, not the last thing, but I, I just keep looking at this title taking advantage of our stages of life as global businesswomen. So we address the businesswoman part, we address the global part, we've addressed the, our stages. And then we gotta address something that sometimes when we think taking advantage, like we may feel like, oh, I don't wanna take advantage. Do you know what I'm saying? No, taking advantage in a good way, right? Like not just use it for our benefit, but do what Kim was talking about. Use it for the benefit of others. Taking advantage of where we are and where we are not to be able to help other people at different stages. And that brings me to one thing. You ask, what, and you have any points that you want to make? There is one point that I'm going to make. And it ha I've learned this. I really had to learn this. And is that as my stages of life change, in order for me to remain relevant as a businesswoman, in order for me to be able to help the people that are seeking services from me, I have had to learn to be fluid, to not be stuck on a box. Oh, because I always do things this way, they're going to be this way, or this is the way that things are done. I've just had to learn to really be um, fluid in terms of the variety of the things that I, I help people with, the strategies. If I want to help people, but I'm not getting the results that I want, what are the strategies that I need to change in order to bring value, what you were talking about, D, to people? Um, maybe what is the method of communication to help people? Like right now, uh, um, we're having a, uh, in the US, there is a, a 
one of the few prescription medications that I prescribe because I don't prescribe too many, but one of the few that I do has been, is not available to people right now. And this just happened early September on my birthday, on my birthday. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I wrote a book. I wrote about this particular prescription medication on my book is not available to people. So how do I communicate this to people in a way to turn it, to not, to, to not let them go in a panic? So I had to sit there and go, okay, well, there's four key points that I need to communicate to people. And then you practice it. You do it. You, you practice it and you talk to somebody. And then um, I, and on the subject of taking advantage for us to promote ourselves, that conversation that happened earlier. So if we're feeling like we don't want to promote ourselves, then do a really good job for a handful of people, collect their stories, right? And let them promote us. Let other people be the one that promote us. So I keep going back to that business and it sounds simple, but it's not easy. As I'm saying this, I am terrible at collecting stories from people for them to promote me. I just feel bad about doing it, but I'm going to have to do it. You know, I'm going to have to do it. But um, fluidity, I think fluidity, not be in a box. What do you think about that, Dee? Um, I understand what you are saying. And I feel that there is an, for me, there has been, and I saw it this morning in our events business, there's another aspect to that. And that aspect is um, being able to be flexible, fluid in how you're delivering to who you're delivering it to. It doesn't matter what service it is or product. But also being able to, at the same time, um, because we're talking about taking advantage, taking advantage to add to the client taking advantage, not just to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And the specific example, so that I can make that super, super clear, is that I have an event, an event production business. I don't manage events anymore, but we produce the events, as in we build for the events. So there's an event that went in this, you know, yesterday morning, and it was putting in huge big bird cages and a big entry into the casino here in Perth. And there was a big budget for it. It looked absolutely stunning. And one of the managers of the casino uh, from, the, from the, um, the casino came down and said, oh, there's not enough flowers in this particular part of it. So one of the girls called me. I'm the one that they come to if they've gotten a complaint. So and I'm the fixer. How can we put it in the budget without spending any more money? We had all this conversation. So the boys went in this morning, they put more flowers in. But they didn't take any photos. And I go, why didn't you take a photo of the newly, the new part? And my husband was on the job and he says, oh, you know, I just would have, I go, no, no, you're just giving me an excuse because you now feel that you failed in not doing a good enough job. And he says, no, no, that's not it at all. I go, well, it was. You need to go back in there. It's halfway home, halfway back to the office. You need to go back in there. You need to take me a photo because I now need to send it to the CEO. 
Otherwise, I'm going to get in the car and I have a webinar this morning. I'm not doing that. So we had this whole conversation that was quite heated and quite fast. <laughs> My point is there is he couldn't and he didn't and wasn't aware of and was stuck in his old feeling because he felt that he had failed without even, you know, he went in and did a great job. We spent the extra money. We pulled in some extra guys. It got done. It was done in an hour and a half. There was no OH&S to be done. We wrote, you know, it was all tightly scheduled to go in. I don't know if, if you know what it's like to go in and have to do something in a public space like that where there's huge OH&Ss, which is occupational health and safety. But it's just an example that I think that that example actually can be overlaid to everything is that sometimes we don't say something that is could be a little bit more of value because we we might think, oh, is that really a value? Or you might have made a, you know, I know at times I, I say something and then I go, oh, I could say a little bit more, but are they ready? I question myself. Rather yeah. than just give them what I know. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, I think so, Kim mentioned. So, so, so in other words, give your best every time. Yes, but sometimes we can't give our best because our unawareness of our upbringing and our patterns, our thoughts, our mentality, our feelings, without even us knowing, puts us on autopilot. But if we are putting our self aside, we have our knowledge. And then if we focus on the gift we want to give, the value that we want to give, then we all, if we can focus in on the value, then we don't have to worry about the chatter. Because everybody here, everybody in business for a purpose, we know our stuff. We need to get out of our own way. And in the title, taking advantage of our stages, it's not taking advantage of other people. You take advantage of the skills that you have and the things that you've learned in each stage of your life to bring that value. And I think what happened this morning was that the guys didn't want to take extra time because we would be charging it for them. They already felt that they had to go back in and redo it. They didn't redo it. They just added some more foliage. And they didn't want to take advantage because my conversation, which I transferred onto them, is we'll just be charging them your time and the extra product that we use. But they, so they, they were so busy on not wanting to take advantage of the situation that they actually gave themselves a disservice. And I think, as you just said, Kim, then, if we're aware of being able to take advantage of what we know and what our value is and be able to get out of our own way, then we can actually totally deliver clearly. But that's sometimes when we're actually in the situation that's hard to do all at the same time and that's why i think we need the support 
of people so that we can actually discuss these things and it's it's real life stuff So can we open this up? Because we, we've gone an hour. We've actually gone over an hour. I'm going to do um, stop the share so that everybody's seen here. Who, who in the audience or from anybody, do you have anything? That, we've spoken about a lot of different things. It was a very wide topic today. Do you have any comments? Do you have any insights? Have you got any thoughts as to what any of us said? Do you have any questions? I can certainly resonate with really all that you've said. I have a, I had an elderly mother and I looked after her for a long time. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I had a knee, just a worn out knee really from overuse. I played squash for years and I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. And I walked every morning, every morning I got up and I walked and I couldn't, I couldn't walk. And at the same time, my dog who I walked with got sick. So then a couple of months later, my dog died and I still couldn't walk. And I was just, I felt like I had lost my life. I just could not, it, it just felt so, I mean, when I thought about it, it felt so stupid because I, I had a sore knee and I was missing my dog and I just felt like it was just everything had you know, gone. I couldn't do anything again. So now, Fast forward two years with, um, I haven't had an operation on my knee. I have no cartilage, but I had some inflammation issues. Looking after my health, I do yoga. I, I, can, I can walk now, I can, and I'm really thankful that I can walk. So I, every day that I can go for a walk, I am just so grateful that I can walk. And I did see somebody with a, um, a you know, New Zealand squash shirt on the other day, and I thought, oh, geez, I'd love to play squash. And I thought, no. I'm actually really grateful that I can walk. Um, and so I, I sort of feel like I've been through a lot of change and all the other issues I can totally relate to with adding value. I had my own business as a travel broker. Obviously, that is completely and utterly this year a complete disaster. Um, and that's been an interesting process dealing with clients over refunds and um, understanding how people value you or don't value you. And thinking in the future that, um, well, you know, maybe there's some people that just won't be clients of mine because I value what I do. And I'm just, I can say, no, I'm not going to, no, I just can't do that. Or no, that's not what I do. And that's a big thing for me is saying, because I want to help everybody, is saying, no, I'm, I'm just going to niche and do that. Thank you. Mm. I love hearing how everybody hears just different aspects and then being able to hear your stories. We all get things from the stories. We, I, you know, I got from you, Debbie, just then that it's like, you know, I don't appreciate that I can walk and yet I should, but I don't. And I get up and I walk, do my yoga and I go for a swim and I go for a walk. And I go, hmm. another level of appreciation, another level of awareness. 
We've got some comments here. I don't know if everybody's reading the comments. I don't quite know how it... That everybody can read the comments. Mm. The silence is a gift. I've noticed that it's easier to do even with family take, talking over each other. It's a gift. That's from Regina. Mm. God's source, the universe, gave you two years and one month. Use them proportion proportionately. One of the lessons I've worked on for nine years. Mm. Gave you ears, not years. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Sam, this conversation with ourselves and each other is so necessary right now. Yeah, Sam, again, I just think that. And I keep saying the word just, which I'm practicing to take out of my vocabulary. It certainly does help us to go from one forum to the next, from one conversation to the next, from one session to the next, from one minute to the next, if we have been heard, right? And I think that that's one thing that I have learned through the stages of my life. Rosemary. Can I, yes, um, Sam. I just want to thank all the speakers. That was incredible. Um, apologies for the lateness. I couldn't, my internet was just off this morning. The blue light wasn't there. <laughs> um, it's so appropriate. Um, just, I, I had, um, I was honing in just a little bit at the end about the conversation that Dr. Hilda was just saying, because when I last met you, Dr. Hilda, on this webinar, I wrote the following because I shared something deeply personal and you apologize for being direct to me. But actually, it goes back to the appropriate stages in our life. When we're ready to listen, someone being direct because they've actually given us our full attention is so powerful. So often we think, oh, we mustn't say this or we mustn't say that. But I knew in that moment you had listened to me so deeply. Nothing you said was not of worth to me. So I'm just going to say that again. You had listened so deeply that nothing you said to me as a reaction to what I said was not worth it. It was worth everything. Because back to deep listening, when we stop and just say, I'm going to give this person my undivided attention, on a global stage, if we are classing this as a global forum for a global voice, the first thing we have to do is put aside every preconception and just bring ourselves to the, co to the conversation. And, and often we confuse conversation as a two-way street. But deep listening is conversation. Because in that moment, when I've experienced it in this group, you've allowed me to do my best speaking. So you're lifting me up at the stage in, the, in my life where I desperately need that. And this is what I wrote. It was only a few lines. I put, 
Dr. Hilden made me realise just how important it is to keep saying what we see. The message will be heard for those who are ready for the message. It would be very sad if we never said anything, though. There is always a need to speak. Yet skillful speech means speaking at the right time, and the right time means the voice will come out from a truer source. So at the different stages in our life, I wonder if that has a link with skillful speech. And I've been examining, examining and observing my own conversation every day from the little things I might say at home. Yes, I fall off track, but tomorrow's another day. But it's so difficult when you start doing that, when you stop and observe your patterns of speech to say, is this serving me? Is it serving others? And slowly what happens is you start to unravel that screwed up piece of paper if you've ever got to, at that stage in your life where you've constantly made your life smaller, like origami working inwards <laughs> into nothing, into this tight little ball. And in order to undo that, the first conversation you have to have, I believe truly, is with yourself. Are you being honest? Are you being authentic? Questions are so powerful, not, I am not being honest, I am not being authentic. That doesn't give us much railroad, does it, to travel on. But if we start with a question, am I, we start the process of creative thinking. It leaves up, in, in my opinion, as a creative thinker, um, a vastness that we can start exploring. Uh, in ourselves and in others. So I wanted to thank all speakers today for sharing this pivot, the important stages of our life. Are we ready to speak? Can we say a little bit at this time? We don't have to say everything. Life is a journey. So thank you. Mm. I love the way you always, 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 always express yourself, Sam, from this deep truth. And the number of times I see people want to lean in. They want to get you. And I so love that about you. And as I said earlier, it was you that really put me on the track to listening, to another level of listening. And I've always thought, not always, but for many, many years I've thought that and I've been given the feedback that I'm a good listener. But you've taken me to another level. And I really, really want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank mm. you. Mutual, a mutual thank you. Mm. Um, I, I believe right now, more than ever, we need spaces that feel vast, but the power of good conversation, I notice how we're so, we're so lost in our hurried lifestyles that we can cut people off 
too soon. And I think just a little pause allows people to say, it's almost like you're saying, what, what more can you tell me, but without saying it? And, and I think we're frightened of pauses. But the pause is the most powerful bit. <laughs> because really, when we're listening, we're, we're allowing someone a voice. That I, just, I just know that you're allowing someone a voice. This, your listening is the, is the secret source. If you go anywhere, like a big concert, if the audience wasn't listening, you, you would just feel so despondent. Imagine being a singer. As, you know, I had the privilege a couple of years ago of going to see Michael Bublé. He, he, I, there was a listening going on beyond his voice, I think, in that auditorium. And I think when you can hold the audience like that, um, Well, nothing, nothing can stand in the way of your message. But if the audience is the key. They, it's, it's that dual process. It's that give and take. Um, and it does need addressing right now. We need, we need more voices who speak from the heart, like Hilda said, when we give our heart. And if we can just unravel those patterns um, I'm not sure how many of you do mindfulness. It's such a big buzzword. But that alone is deep listening. Are we watching our patterns? Are we watching our habit loops? What brings us back to a space of feeling closed and hurt and lost? And I think when we start observing that, there's a real power to it. It's a real power for me, particularly from my experience. Me too. Thank you, Sam. And thanks again. We're coming up to an hour and a half. And I respect your time. Who's taking away something? For me, I want people to take away one or two or three gems. And our conversations here always seem to go into the invisible, which is 99%, 99.999% of our universe it is invisible. And of course, that's where it's going to go. And I want it to go there. And at the same time, I want to make this time valuable. So what are you taking away? And if you don't know yet, what do you think you might want to take away? Or what did you come here for? So that your mind and your body can process and to be able to take something away to add to your life.
I, I just want to reflect back here for a second on Sam mm. Mm. because I'm taking away something that I know in my head, but there's a difference between knowing it in the head and doing that heart connection. And it had to do with that analogy. And this is what the way I understood the analogy of that origami being put so teeny, 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 right? And almost like that's the essence of self. That's the way I understood it. I don't know if that's the way that Sam intended it, but that's the way I understood it and how important then it is, yes, listening is important, but that importance of remembering to listen to self, to connect deep with ourselves, with the truth, with the essence, with the essence and the truth of ourself. Because, you know, as we are talking about taking advantage of our stages as global businesswoman, and we've talked a lot about helping others, the reality of the situation is at the core, and this is a very important part of this conversation today, we have to have a healthy self and that will come as a result of really honoring that, honoring and listening and connecting with the essence of who we are in that stage. And you know, the questions that she was talking about, but anyway, that was the analogy it was beautiful. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that analogy. So thank you very much. Mel, we can't hear you. Oh, her sound is obviously not working. I'm wondering. Yeah, she's talking, but I can't um, bring her in. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, thanks, everyone. That was great. I, there were so many takeaways. There's... I've written like a whole book, I think, or an encyclopedia. Um, yeah, just thanks so much, everyone. Like, it's hard for me to talk because, like, I do have a few little blocks in the situation and coming out, and um, yeah, but there's lots of things there. One, I, one thing though, I watched Netflix yesterday and had a break, and there was a show called The Healer, and I guess it relates. If you've seen that, have you seen that guy? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was, I guess like a part of the takeaway was like if we're given a gift, yeah, get over it, get over ourselves, move on because it'll help ourselves and help other people, that type of thing. So, yeah, I get that message. Um, and I always feel guilty when I see um, Dr. Hilton because I know I should be doing so many things related to my health and I don't know why it's such a battle to continue with that. But, um, and the last little bit, I would, I might even go back to a bit of recording if there is one or even over my notes, I did have some distractions. So yeah, I can't, the last topic was a little bit of a gray area um, for me, but I'm really grateful to be here and thank you all very much. Great to see you, Kim, in a long time. Thank you, Mel. This discussion, especially with Sam, reminded me 
I have been working for years how to listen and not speak as much. And I've been told I'm a great communicator when I've only said three or four words on to somebody on the phone. Oh, you're such a great communicator. But people really want to be listened to. They want to be heard. And even if you're only saying, summarizing an hour telephone conversation with a client or a friend and summarizing a couple little bits for them through your filters, they get that they have been heard. And that's what most people want to be heard. And you need to be quiet and listen to do that. Not thinking about what you're going to say next. That's why the pauses here are so refreshing because people aren't thinking while you're speaking. They're taking it in, assimilating it, and then able to speak. Kim, I recently had a um, friend, she's not a close friend, I didn't know her that well, she has bipolar, and she was having a, she, well, she was, I didn't realise at the time, she was on the cusp of a manic episode, and she had been to the hospital the night before, um, and I met her, and I suddenly realised that she, you know, I couldn't leave her alone, she needed help, and I really didn't feel like I did anything, but I listened, and I didn't judge her, and I just listened. And at the end of it all, I was just thinking, I, I don't know what I've done. I haven't, I haven't really done anything to help apart from just be with you. And she's just said to me, and she messaged me after, she said, thank you. She said, you listen to me. She said, you just listen to me. And that was all she, that was all she wanted was to be listened to. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. Cause I felt like I had done nothing at all to help her. This was totally outside my scope of any expertise. This, the psychological, you know, and so, and but so exactly, she just wanted to be listened to. I'm the opposite. I do have bipolar disorder, and I've only just started opening up. And um, like there's still many people that I would never bring that up, but I do feel comfortable here. Diagnosed, most of you live overseas. I believe Johan's been through it. Um. But I'm the opposite. I wouldn't tell them about my issues because in fear that I'll be put in a mental institute, I'll be locked up, like honestly. So when it comes to that topic, I would honestly, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite, Debbie. Yeah. But that's lovely to hear and that's beautiful, like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right on some degree. Like, cause I do want to get it out because I know that's the way to be cleared. Like, I do. I've been craving it more than ever in the last couple of weeks. Like, where I'd love to get it out, but I just have to be cautious of who I let it out to. Maybe it's who in, you know, knowing who you trust. Yeah. Mm, and confidentiality and choosing yeah. the right person. And I, it's also really bad because ever since I came across Joel and all of you, like a lot of the times um, 
when you're talking about, oh, like, share your gift or share what you know. And it's, it's a real hard thing because, like, I, I'm trying to make it work in real estate. But a lot of the time when it comes to these conversations, like, get out of our own way so we can help ourselves and help others. Well, then it does keep taking me back down to that, like, taking off the mask. That, to me, that means, you know, yeah, releasing it to some degree, which will, but then I don't know, I get so confused. I'm like, is that truly my purpose? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But um, anyway, so yeah, that's why sometimes it's really hard to bring it all in and interpret it because I guess a part of the traits of bipolar is going off in a lot of directions and trying to distinguish, like for me right now in work, and it's been, I've been, doing real estate now for about three years which is great but what I've realized I've had a bit of a break and I've only just come into it in the last couple of days and I've just realized yeah like how difficult it can be to just focus and go stop reading into everything um and just focus and just you know sell the property based on what it is without analyzing all the wrongs or the ethics or what's right and what's not like it's not my job to um take on all the worries of the world and that's what happens i suppose and, and i think that i guess is yeah a trait of bipolar but at the same time someone with bipolar would want to or a philosopher or any researcher or they'd want to understand why and for me like i really do have the belief that you know is it any different to some of the philosophers is it any different to Einstein is it any different to Jesus or the thoughts that they would have had back in those times because really like if we looked at Jesus and we he came to us now well what would we do we'd go oh my goodness you have bipolar disorder here's a medication go take your pill Jesus <laughs> so yeah I'm confused but I'm still holding hope that yeah to stay focused step into the shoes and get out of my own way as you all keep telling me in order to help myself and help other people. Well, I'm sure our next connector dots is going to shift you to another level. Thank I'm you. excited. Yeah. Thanks. Very excited. Very excited now. Because what I heard you describe is I must have bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to you in so many ways. I want to just um, say that Rosemary is saying, my takeaway at this stage is that every stage is available at some point. My life was all about me and then another stage when it was all about everyone else. But now it's about merging both being of value to others and myself, especially as I conduct my business as a global woman. woman. So we've run out of time. We've just run out of time again. I just want to acknowledge, I want to really want to acknowledge everybody. Isn't it amazing where these conversations go to? Mm. And I think, as you said, Hilda, you never know where these subjects are going to go to. And I think I said many times ago, we could talk about jelly beans and we would, it would open up a whole can of worms. That would be jelly worms or jelly about something else. <laughs> But I'm really aware that this has um, been a long time on here, an hour and a half. And I think it's just been so valuable. Thank you so much. Uh, Kim or Hilda, do you have anything, uh, anything else to say or anybody else before we close it off and look forward to our next session? Thank you.
No, I think as usual, I want to thank you, Dee, because I know you put a lot of this, this is your, this is the result of your vision and your passion and your love for not only connecting the dots, but also connecting people and your service, because it is a service that you give to women globally. I mean, from speaking to students in universities in different parts of the world, to speaking to your students, to doing your Facebook lives. And I, I, just, I, I just want to thank you because I know you already come with a, um, a plate that's full. It's not like your life. <laughs> it's not like you're just sitting there, oh, what do I do in this world? Because I have <laughs> nothing else to do. And I, I just really want to thank you um, for your consistency. I mean, consistency is a big word. It's, it's a very important word because nothing works without consistency. Um, I talk to my clients a lot about that and I'm sure Kim does as well. Um, so yeah, I, for your commitment, for your consistency and for, for your love for it because it's out of true love and passion and vision that these, um, these forums have taken place and evolved over time. So thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Unlike anybody else, I struggle with doing my Facebook lives. I struggle with putting a dollar value on my programs. I struggle with, you know, reminding everybody that this is on and doing the marketing. And I struggle with it. I'm just a normal human being struggling with my own, you know, inhibitions. I'm no different. I need this. I need my programs. I need you guys. I'm no different. So I want to really thank you all. And Kim, I really want to thank you for your time. I, I just, yeah, you brought a lot today. Thank you. I want to thank you for the time, for the forum, and thank everybody on this Zoom call for listening and everybody being good listeners. I just wanted to reach out to Mel. Mel, I just saw the most, well, take it, take this as you will. I've just seen an egg and a little crack being made in it. And safety validation means so much to us. And I saw you in that egg just cracking the surface as you spoke today. Safety, comfort and validation are what we're all looking for and love, obviously. So I don't know if that means anything to you, but thank you. all I saw was your little face just peeping out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Appreciate Beautiful, it. Sam.